you're listening to the Cowboy Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Sharp, joined as always by co-host and FFA advisor, Chad Waldron. How you doing, Justin? It's good to be here. Glad that we can podcast again and get some good information out to the community and students. And uh, newly, uh, newly hired superintendent to North Lake High School and North Lake School in general, Gail Bierman. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. Yeah, so in today's episode, we're going to talk about two main topics. The first one being just kind of school reopening for North Lake. And then the second one, we're actually going to talk about FAIR and how that's all going to happen here in a couple weeks. So to start off with school opening, Ms. Beerman, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and just kind of give a brief rundown of who you are? Okay. My name is Gail Gilliland Beerman. Actually, Gail Beerman Newman. I have um, been here before, so this is really not a new place for me to be. I love North Lake County. I started my teaching career over here actually in 1982 in Paisley. So did you teach in the old school building in Silver Lake, the, yes. old, the old ancient one? The old ancient one, yes, the beloved school building. I love that place. Um, I did, and I actually started my teaching career in Paisley. I was there for a half a year in 1982, and then I came up to Silver Lake, and I was there from 1982 to 1990. Then I moved to Burns, taught over there in a number of positions for all the years until 2015 when I returned to this school. So to me, it's like coming home. I'm glad to be back. A lot of the families here I've known for years and years and years. So um, it was a choice for me to come here and I'm really glad I did. I love it. Yeah, so you've taught over Eastern Oregon for quite a while now. You kind of know the area pretty great. I do, and I wouldn't teach anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So last time we did the podcast, we knew that school was going to happen two days a week. Um, they were going to do two days, uh, you know, split school up into two different groups for high school. Elementary was going to try to go every day. And then the other two days, high school is going to be online, and middle school is also going to be separated. But when we recorded, there was a meeting the next day talking about the new guidelines. So did anything change then? Well, actually, it has. To our advantage, I would say, uh, and to our credit, the commissioners, superintendents, um, ESD superintendents, state representatives, state senators, health officials from several different counties on the east side of the Cascades, especially in eastern Oregon, all banded together and formed a work group asked Governor Brown and ODE if they could form a work group to kind of craft her metrics and her plan to more fit our school. Uh, we're a smaller school. Even though we all have smaller schools in our counties, uh, the metrics apply differently to all of us. So we felt that the state metrics just didn't treat us quite um, the same. They weren't designed really to fit schools of our size and the distance away we are from each other. So we asked for that permission to form that group. She gave it, and out of that came on August 11th came different metrics for smaller schools. So we are now a bit more in control of what we do. Our local public health authority is the group that will work with us more than any other in terms of determining our uh, readiness to return to school. Right now, how it looks with the case count that we have, we will be on, North Lake is on target to return to school in person um, on the, the first day of school, which is September 14th. Um, that will stay that way and we'll be good to go as long as we keep our case count low. The good thing that has changed is that they are, if we have a case here in North Lake County, that doesn't mean that it's going to shut down Lake County. And that was the case before. So we are judged a little bit more differently. 
um, because there's such a distance in between us. And that was one of the problems. That's good news because I had actually thought it was exact opposite. I'm glad they're distinguishing that. Is it still set at five cases per week? Is that, or is that a, is that a set number or is it fluid? Well, yes, five cases, five cases per week, but there's all, there are also a couple different ways that we can qualify like, um, five cases a week, um, in our county, so we have to make sure that our county stays under five cases a week. Uh, and I guess in general, that's the metric that we're going to be looking at as well. But I think when we talk to the local public health authority, if they see that all of the cases are in Lake County, I'm hoping that they will give us a little bit of grace to be able to move ahead because we don't have any cases up here. So we'll kind of see. The metrics could change though. So yeah. we have to we have to be very careful about that and we still need to do everything we can to keep our case count low. Yeah, because I think at the time when we recorded last time, we were actually still on the watch list, Lake County was, but yes. since then I think that's changed. Is that what the five cases per week that you're talking about is? Yes, and that's a county, that's, uh, that's your status as a county, yeah. yes. And um, we still have to be careful of that. So anytime we get together as large groups anywhere in the county, it's gonna affect us. Uh, what we got some grace from, though, too, is the state metric that doesn't apply quite as heavily. We're just a little bit more independent because we are a smaller school. Yeah. And also because in our county, we're 100 miles from Lakeview. That doesn't happen in the Willamette Valley. And on our meeting that we had with the superintendents and representatives and the state senators, um, the comment was made about Harney County being so large that if they superimposed Harney County over the Willamette Valley, it would stretch all the way from the Columbia River to Eugene, mm -hmm. Oregon. So a case up near the Columbia River would shut down schools in Eugene. That's the situation we're in over here. It's a long ways away, and why should that be the case? So that's why, why we asked for the, this different guidance. So what is a school week going to look like at North Lake? Hopefully what it will look like anyway. Okay, well hopefully at um, we won't have any preschool or mommy and me programs this year, and that's unfortunate, but in my opinion, that was, I hate to see that go, but it's so hard for those little kids. That's what they're here for. There's no way that they can stay six feet apart or even operate a program like that. So we decided to discontinue that program just for this year. And what it will look like for kindergarten through fourth graders, they will be able to come back every day, Monday through Thursday, as they normally do. The fifth and sixth graders have that possibility of being able to come every day. We don't know that yet. It just depends on numbers, and that will be determined at registration. The seventh through twelfth graders will come back on a hybrid schedule, which means they're here on site two days a week and working from home two days a week. So that's what that's going to look like at this point in time. What's the uh, math situation going to be? The math situation? Yeah. <laughs> you mean can you do it at home? <laughs> well, no. I mean, like, do we have do we have high school or in middle school? I don't know about elementary. Are we gonna have to wear a mask like every day oh, all the math. time at school? Sorry, yeah, math. I, thought you said I math. thought you said math too. Oh, so my bad. I. Yeah, you're, mask. You're so jumping the gun on that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. No mask. Yeah. Um, yes, we do have to wear masks, even okay. kindergartners. Wow. Oh, I know. That was uh, at when they first put out this guidance along in June and even early July. That was not the case. Now it is. So. Uh, but there is a little reprieve once in a while for the younger kids. We can give them a little bit of a break to take it off. As long as they stay away from each other, they can take it off for a period of 15 minutes or so. And that's fine, according to the guidance. So we'll allow them to do that every chance we can. I, Justin, I see a lot of people concerned about masks, and I understand being concerned. I guess the way I look at it is I want to be in school, and if 
the governor and the health department say the only way you're going to be in school is to wear a mask. Well, I'm willing to wear a mask. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's going to be incumbent on the parents and community that if we want to have school, we're going to have to follow certain rules set by the health department. And so I hope that we can get the support because if we start school first week and we have a big rebellion of parents and students saying we will not wear masks, well, the health department's going to say, that's okay, maybe we won't have school either. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to follow a lot of these rules that none of us like it. All of us want to just be at normal school, but right now we don't have that option. Yeah. Right. And I would agree with that. I don't want to wear one either, personally. Um, they're uncomfortable, and I just don't like them. But yeah. I'd rather I, I want kids back in school, and if that's what we have to do to get kids back in school, then that's what I'm willing to do. So just with that, since, like we're talking, there's probably going to be quite a few people who are discouraged by uh, masks, not math, mask wearing. Um, <laughs> they're going to be discouraged by math. Yeah, I know. Too. <laughs> yeah, that too. But uh, between, you know, mask wearing and two days a week and all of that, what are your hopes with attendance? Do you think there's going to be any change or what are your thoughts there? Well, I would hope that kids would be, and parents would be so excited to get back to school. They haven't been in <laughs> yeah. school since middle of March. Um, I would hope that they would come anyway and just be excited to be here. I, I think we should let you answer that question, Justin. So you're, <laughs> you're going to be allowed to come back to school. Well, are you going to come back for two days, or are you going to say two days is not enough? I'd just rather not come at all. Well, personally, like uh, Mrs. Newman, sorry. I didn't That's right. mean to mess that up in the beginning, but Mrs. Yeah, Newman right. said, um, I, you know, I've been working since, you know, what was it, March 20-something was when school got shut down. Yes. Basically switched to full-time work, and I'm ready to go back to school. I mean, I'm ready for a little <laughs> bit of change at least. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's I think that's how I'm going to look at it, like she was saying. But for a lot of people who, you know, when we had normal school, didn't quite like it that much. I just... Right. Well, I don't think anyone likes the distance learning, and I would like to have all the students in shop every day. Yeah. But if, if the best we can do to meet the uh, health department guidelines is to have to have to split kids up into half and do shop every other day, then I'll take it. Yeah. Because I am very frustrated like everybody else, and I want students back in school. Right. Yeah. It's Just, not ideal, though. Yeah. Obviously, it's not ideal. We want I want you in shop every day, a couple times a class, a couple uh, class periods a day, but that's not really the options we have right now. Right. Yeah. I'm just hoping that we can get through this this year, um, and this whole virus runs its course if it can, and get back to school as normal. That yeah. would just be a gift. But um, I really think that we can make the best of this. It isn't normal. It isn't perfect, and there are going to be frustrations and challenges. But to me, that's I look at it as a challenge, mm -hmm. not as a detriment. It just is what it is. And I think what we'll find out is that we are adaptable. We're going to learn a whole lot about um, online education. We're going to learn a lot about using technology in ways we haven't used it before. That's both staff and students. And I think that's going to be a benefit all the way around. It's There are going to be some odd and comfortable moments, and we're going to get tired of wearing the mask and stand the six feet apart from each other and only have half of your buddies here on any given day. I get all that. But I am so ready to be back to school, mm -hmm. and I just want to do whatever it takes. And I think we can have a positive attitude about it, too, yeah. and just make it a great year. And, you know, I've done a lot of research uh, since March about returning to school and things I'm hearing and seeing where they've done this in other schools and other countries, that kids do just get used to it a little bit and that they're okay and they can still have a good time at class and school. And it's just, you can show that you have resilience and grit and I think we can all get through this just fine if we have a positive attitude. Yep. When will the high school students and parents know what day they're gonna be going on? When are we gonna make that split? 
Well, hopefully very soon. Registration ends this Friday, the 21st of oh, August. I'm glad you said something because I need to do that still. Yeah, you get that in, Justin. <laughs> we need to know you're coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so we're kind of at the point where we've made all the plans that we can make without knowing who's coming back, what our numbers are at each grade level. Then we can start making the divisions, the splits, um, who's in what class, and we'll know what uh, where everybody's going. What we are going to do, too, is keep families together so that if you're cohorting, that every kid in one family will be, uh, all the kids in one family will be coming on the same day. So that, that makes it more convenient for families. So when we do all that, then we have to balance it out with the other kids, and then we'll know who's coming on what days. So if we have... So uh, probably, oh, sorry. Oh, no, finish. I was going to say, so probably by next Monday or Tuesday, I, I'm hoping. Okay. Yeah. And then if we have parents who are concerned or students who simply uh, say they can't wear a mask or they they would can they do distance learning full-time is that what I understand yes they can and they will do that through our edgenuity program because there are kids who have valid reasons for not coming back to school they have family members that are at risk or perhaps they are so we have that option available for them too because uh, we want I, them to continue and I think there are students who actually flourish with a distance learning model. Oh, yeah. I sure. don't. I don't think you I do don't either. Huh? Some yeah. of them really actually do well. Yes. And if they do better doing that, let's let them do it. Right. And we learned that last spring when we released school early in March. There were some kids who really did do very well with the online. Yeah. And uh, so at least that's there for them that they choose that as well. Yeah. So one question that we kind of talked about with Mr. Williams on the last podcast was just the logistical challenge of, you know, splitting into two groups and trying to make sure that people who hang out together outside of school or even in school, like sports teams, that they're together on one group day and then another group day is the same situation. So is the division going to be somewhat fluid? Because let's say um, when I get out of school, first thing, because it's just what I do, I go hang out with Craig Puckett on every day that I'm not in school. Uh, but somehow we didn't get lined up on the same day, but you guys know that. So is there going to be any fluidity there? There might be. It depends on what happens with our sports yeah. schedules too, because right now what the guidance that the OSAA has come out with is that uh, we're doing we're allowed to do some things later in the year, but then the sports seasons won't even start until after the first of the year. Okay. So we'll see what happens. And then another question I had was, say, speaking optimistically, say mid-November comes around and – just magically a vaccine appears or I mean one starts to roll out in October and by the second semester we either have some form of herd immunity either natural or uh, artificial with a uh, va uh, vaccine so say when second semester does come along can we maybe go back to normal is there plans of that or is it kind of just set to go this way throughout the whole year I've heard nothing about that about the plan to return to normal if there was herd immunity or a vaccine but if it came around that way and they said, hey, you guys can just return to school as normal, I'll take it. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I asked that and I had, I was optimistic, but I'm not sure that's gonna happen this year. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not sure it is either. But, I think that's a little pushing it, maybe I, for next year. I was yeah. hoping maybe semester we might have that option, but yeah. it doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, do you have any other questions, Mr. Waldron, on your mind? Yeah, do you know what we're doing with the Alt-Ed program? Because I was understanding that they would be going every day as well, or do we know that yet? Right now the plan is for Alt-Ed to go every day, but half a day, okay. more than likely. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yep. But, well, I think that clears up all the questions I had about school coming back open, so 
Well, I'm glad you're clear on that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I still have a lot of questions, but. <laughs> it, yeah, it does. It changes almost every day. Yeah. Yep. According to what happens, it could change again tomorrow. And right now, this is the plan, and we're going forward with it. Uh, we, we know that if we have a big COVID outbreak, things are going to change. So right. hopefully we are being careful, be responsible, everybody do their part and make sure that we can do everything we can to be back in class. That's kind of our main goal and focus. Yep. Exactly. And the only other thing I would add is if parents have any questions, comments, concerns, you don't understand something, give us a call. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Well, right. I know I'm going to go register for school when we get done here. So I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you guys very yeah. much. Yep, all right, so now let's move on to FAIR. This one this one has a story behind it. So let's kind of start off before when COVID hit started. So there was a few huge meetings that happened. Um, There's a few huge meetings that happened about, what was that, maybe probably April when all those happened, deciding what we were gonna do with FAIR. Oh, they've been ongoing since, yeah, probably April, I guess. Yeah, well, the sale committee meeting, uh, the sale board, the rodeo board, and was it OSU? Was that what the yes. giant committee was? Okay, yeah. so they all got together and they decided, tried to decide what we were going to do. They had these meetings. Um, they probably had maybe medium progress, would you say? A real plan didn't come out of them until later, but they kind of got a gist of what we were going to do. Yeah, but I guess it's hard to make a plan when the state government and the health department changes all the metrics yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah, which and, is what happened up which until is like July. Happened, it's and still happening. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, we've been the we've been trying to to hammer something out since April. We were supposed to have stairway ends, and we did not have stairway. Yep. We still have not. That was had the first thing ends. to go. Yeah. yeah. And so at one time, you know, you know this, we were planning on being out of school for two weeks. Yep. And that we would do steerway ends in May. Well, obviously it keeps changing. And I think it's funny. We talked to, uh, to Mr. Kerr and asked him how big a deal this was. Remember that podcast, Justin? Yeah. And at I that did. time it was like, Oh, this is not that big a deal. <laughs> well, it is the biggest deal. It's probably oh, yeah. the biggest deal in our lifetime. Yeah. We, he compared it to nine 11. Well, now yeah. it's more like world war two in yeah. terms of, it's yeah, pretty bad. Yep. So out of those meetings, uh, I mean, we had a few ideas, and then now as things progressed, uh, the sale meeting or the sale committee got together and decided that we're going to do a uh, live virtual auction. Is that how you'd say that? Yeah. Yes. So we're going to have 250 buyers that can meet in one place in Lakeview and do it, and then anybody else who doesn't want to be there can actually like go online and bid on it like you would have uh, the Western Video Auction, which Correct. is a just regular cattle sale. And we'll talk about the process of that for a while because this was actually pretty controversial how we got to here. And the reason it was controversial was because our friends at the Lake County Examiner decided to kind of blow up the North Lake County, uh, basically blow everybody's tempers in North Lake County about fair. So do you want to kind of describe what happened well, there? Well, <laughs> yeah, it is very controversial and uh, there's a lot of hurt feelings and bad feelings and it's not something that's recent it's been going on for years yep. about this south end versus north end and i think it's unfortunate i don't think it's uh as uh, prevalent as some people think it is but there's certainly feelings there and there were some comments made uh comments made in lake county examiner and it, uh, it did not go over very well yeah so i have the thing here the article is okay. it was basically reporting on one of the big meetings that happened and what they were going to do so this is and they were talking about the sales so Here's a quote from this. 
It's felt that if animals come down from the North Lake area to the auction, it could depress prices even further. While animals do not come every year from North Lake, it's a matter of how many children can sell their animal before auction. So I think probably maybe 10% of that is true. I think the part about how many children can sell their animals before auction is probably the only factual statement in that <laughs> little yeah. blurb there. Um, so this, it really did discourage a lot of people in North Lake because for years there's been a tension there. I mean, when you go to Lakeview, it seems like they're always trying to be the first ones to go to the auction and act like they're on the place. But I think this kind of seemed like they're saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just fair. A good example is we were talking about doing an alt, a countywide alt-ed program. And so we inquire like, okay, how, what's the details? And, and the details are we'll have an alt-ed program. The kids will uh, go down in Lakeview. And our, our immediate first response was, well, that doesn't work. Yeah. Why would we do that? How does that serve our kids and our community? Exactly. So you're right. We are in the we are all in Lake County. The county seat is in Lakeview, but we also have to remember that's a hundred miles away from oh, our yeah, community. Yeah, so it doesn't always work just to throw those things out. And I think that's where a lot of the hurt feelings come from. Things like the prom. We're going to do a countywide prom. Where are we going to hold it? Lakeview. Uh, why are we not? Are we going to rotate it and have a have it up in North Lake? Well, I would hope so, but I kind of doubt it would happen that so way. That's why it hasn't happened. Yeah. Yet. Now, I think we should have a countywide prom, but I also think that countywide prom maybe needs to rotate between the three communities. Yep. So those are the kind of issues that people don't understand, that that hurts feelings when that stuff comes up. Yeah. Uh, you know, you hear it with uh, our service with the extension. How much do, how much do we get from uh, Oregon State Extension Service service on the north end? Uh, not a lot. You know, ask the farmers, ask the people, and see how yeah. they feel. Now, some of it's perceived, some of it's real, but there is this perceived uh, thing, a perceived feeling that the North End does not get the service that they need because they're so far away from the county seat. Yeah, and I think what really made a lot of people mad is like when they are talking about the sale. I think it's probably fair to say the North End brings just as many buyers or more than the South End does when we do go to the auction. They certainly have a lot of buyers, and the North End will take care of their their community we have about a third of the animals so two-thirds yeah. south end a third north end but certainly we have a lot of buyers that come down and support the fair yeah so i think a lot of buyers i mean this is what was probably controversial when the uh, virtual auction idea did come up is a lot of buyers didn't want to go down there they just wanted to buy privately that's and right do you and think a lot of that is because of the article and the tension yes yeah and we have a lot of buyers who have bought animals and they just said, I will buy his animal, but I am not going to Lakeview this year. To yeah, buy well, I think. And, and it's not just that. It's also the COVID thing. It's everything all yeah. just piled on at yeah. one time. Yeah. Do you know how many animals we had to start in North Lake that were going to the auction? Like going to fair? 43. And we have 13 now. So yeah. <laughs> that tells you something. A lot of North Lake buyers just went ahead and bought the animals up here before they went to the auction. Yes. And 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 I'm going to, you know, and I don't, I don't want to throw people under the bus, but I have been telling FFA students either – because of COVID, either don't get animals or be thinking about how you're going to sell those or who's going to buy those because I didn't know if we'd have any type of fair or auction at all. Oh, yeah. It was and kind so, of scary there for a while. So People, I, you know, I'm telling you guys, you better find a buyer yeah. before you even buy an animal. Well, I think, yeah, I think well, for steer kids, I know I got my steer, I think, November 15th last year, and I started feeding him in January, yeah. so I was already three months in on feed and been yeah. paying for everything, and then COVID hit, and it's like, ooh, yeah. and, this might not end well. Right, and we see what happens, and... Right now, we're planning on having a virtual auction where we're going to have up to 250 buyers in the uh, on-site buy-in. That could change tomorrow. 
Yeah, that the was... health department could come out and say and shut that down tomorrow, and we would be, you know, then what are we going to do? Which was well, the other huge deal is we didn't know how to plan for something that yeah. wasn't really even planable. Yep. Yeah. But they got it going, so, I mean, what's today, the 18th? 17th. 17th, today. so we're about two weeks out. We'll yes. find out. And I believe all those buyer photos and buyer videos are, are due, due tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. So, so if you are participating in that auction, make sure you get your videos uh, done and uploaded onto the link on the Lake County 4-H Extension website. Yep, it's pretty straightforward. I think basically what you do is you read their guidelines for your showing and all that. Um, you have to make a little card at the beginning of your video to know who you are, the weight of your animal, the class, and all that. You upload three pictures and one video up to ShowWorks, which is the basically the database and the way they're going to judge all the animals. Then you send an email to the extension office uh, with your buyer card photo like you do every year. And then you also send one more email to, um, I think, it's also the extension office, but it's a different email address that has a picture of your animal, uh, the weight of your animal, how you weighed the animal. So it's pretty straightforward. I know I sent out an email today to the FFA students. So if you are listening to this and you need information, look at that email or go to that website. And like I say, it is pretty straightforward, but you yep. got to read and follow the links. Yep. Yep. And you got to make sure you do the video right and yes. get, follow all their guidelines. So we'll see how that turns out. But, but so far, so good. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's going. We're going to do the best we can. I know the cell committee. I give uh, your dad, Clayton, a lot of credit. <laughs> I give Joe Warren a lot of credit because they're making this stuff happen. Yep. I'm glad to see uh, you know these guys, uh, you know, up on the north end, especially trying to get this done and doing the best they can. It's a volunteer position, so I respect that, and I hope they can pull this off. Yeah. Because it's very very difficult. I will be. I will not be around a lot because I am going to have to be in school preparing for this crazy COVID year, mm -hmm. doing in service and meetings and trying to get things ready so I can have students. But I'll do the best I can to help out. Yeah. But well, I, I do have one more question. Mrs. Okay. Spearman's still here, so I know that uh, there's confusion. I forgot to ask this. There's confusion about the very first week of school because we moved it back to. September 14th, but we are we are having people come in that very first week of school and for registration or for orientation. Can you give us a quick uh, summary of what that entails? Okay, so the orientation week is going to be what originally would have been the first week back for kids. It begins on September 8th, which is the day after Labor Day, and it will be the 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. So you will be contacted by the school. An appointment will be set for you at your convenience on one of the days during that week where you and your students can come up and meet with us in a small group setting. And we will give you information regarding the return to school procedures, protocols, practices. We'll hopefully have a chance to give you a little bit of information about how you can access your students' online information, grades, assignments, um, basically just how systems will run online and a tutorial for you on how to um, access that and support your student at home. This is what we did not get a chance to do in the spring when school let out in March. They were just all of a sudden gone from school and in your home and expected to learn. And uh, that was a big piece of the puzzle missing that we weren't able to. That was probably the hardest part, actually. That's yeah. uh, very hard. It was hard for students and it was hard for parents. And yep. it was also hard for the teachers here to try to 
tell parents and kids how to do it without actually getting to show them. So hopefully we'll get out in front of that a little bit this year because we are trying to have a program for every student, whether it's all online, kind of uh, short-term online, should we have a closure, we have a plan for that, and also if you're here every day or here on the hybrid model, and we just want to get parents up to speed on that. So that's okay. what the orientation week is for. Does that about cover it, Justin? Did yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So how much are you going to be here the first week of school? Uh, one meeting, basically. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. what I that, And that's probably the time when we'll do, like, schedules and all that stuff that we'd usually do, like, in person at registration. Yes, okay. I assume so. Yep. Yeah. But, all right. Well, I think that kind of covers everything I want to talk about. That you feel the same way? Yeah, I've talked way more of this podcast than I normally do. So <laughs> I'll shut up now. Okay, I'll do let that. You guys finish, wrap it up, or whatever. Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our podcast for today. Thank you, Mrs. Newman, for being on the podcast. Hopefully, have you again if something changes, or just if you want to talk again. So. Good. Anytime. Thank you. Yep. Well, you've been listening to the Cowboy Talk podcast. Find us on Podbean at thecowboytalk.podbean.com. You can find us on the North Lake FFA Facebook page and uh, hopefully on iTunes and even more places. Once we get school going, we have more time to work on it. So talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.